Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm the guy who knows nothing about anime, Malcolm Cloud. It's been a long break for us, not for you, dear listener, because we <laughs> took our because we took our break at a different episode. I believe that's the Lupin episode where we're coming back from. But no, in the timeline of Is This Anime, this is where the break comes from. So Malcolm and I are very refreshed. Uh, and we're talking about a film um, that was kind of a big deal. It was... It, I mean, as typical with anime films, it tried to get an Oscar push and failed epically. Um, but having just rewatched it, um, I think this film's fantastic. We are talking about uh, Bell, which came out in 2021 in Japan and uh, had a major release in 2022 earlier in 2022. Um, Malcolm, let's just fucking get into it. There's no time to bullshit here. Malcolm, how do you feel about Bell? Um, I'm going to be honest. I... I I can kind of see why this movie didn't get a nomination for an Oscar, but at really? the same time, yeah, I think it's it's lacking in like certain aspects. There's some some things that we'll get into that I wasn't mm-hmm. like on board with, mostly from a story perspective, but mm-hmm. I felt like visually it was really interesting to watch. So I was kind of like I have this like kind of weird, I feel like like I you know Weird so feelings of how I, I feel about this movie, if that makes sense. I, I agreed. I, I, I shared your feelings in my first viewing, because the first time I saw this movie, I got very drunk right before seeing it and then got drunk in the theater. I had a bottle of wine with me. And then uh, the person I was with, we, we, we expected the showing uh, for Belle to be empty, and it turns out it was not. So I just kind of drank a bottle of wine while watching the movie. I completely forgot the third act. Um, as I was leaving the theater, I, I didn't even know who who the beast in question was. But I do remember telling the person I was with, I'm like, oh, I think I preferred the uh, this director's other film, um, which will which I'm going to touch on as well. Um, so the director of this film, his name is uh, Momoro Hosada. This guy, this guy has an interesting relationship with Ghibli because, um, like, like many people his age, uh, he's 54, going on 55. Um, he was uh, inspired to get into animation after seeing uh, Miyazaki's directorial debut, uh, The Castle of Cagliostro, which is also the, the most famous Lupin movie. Um, so, you know, he, he was, of course, wanted to, to be involved with Miyazaki and Ghibli and some sorts. He ends up getting a job at Toei Animation after graduation. So Toei, they make Dragon Ball Z. Um, they do uh, One Piece. He ended up directing a One Piece movie as his like, feature directorial debut. Um, and he did actually apply to Studio Ghibli. Uh, he did not uh, get in. Uh, he he got a rejection letter of praise from Miyazaki himself. Um, so nice consolation prize. <laughs> and the other franchise um, that yeah, Hosoda well, like has it shows a, that you oh. should just do your uh, do the thing you want to do. Sometimes you don't have to like get the like established institutions uh, seal of approval to be exactly. like exactly. Oh, I, yeah. If I'm here, then I've succeeded. So he does get involved with another iconic millennial franchise, uh, which is Digimon. He was involved in the first two seasons of that show. He ends up directing um, two short 40-minute films that are part of that initial season, uh, one of which is called Our War Game. And this is a film that is very important to Hosada's career because it touches on... Uh, the world's relationship with the internet and uh, a lot of themes that as you can see in bell he touches on and he also effectively remade our war game uh with the film summer wars which i think is his best film i think a lot of people would agree with that um so that came out in 2009 and that's been his like true claim to fame uh he also directed a film called the girl who leapt through time which is also very well acclaimed and he did actually get an Oscar nomination uh, with the film before Bell called uh, Mirai. So dude, dude's got dude's got it good. He actually was supposed to direct uh, Studio Ghibli's Howl's Moving Castle in September 2001, um, but he ended up leaving after a year later due to creative differences. Um, because as he put it, uh, they wanted him to make a Miyazaki movie, and he wanted to make his own movie. So Miyazaki yeah, well, ended up. There you go. Yeah, so, I mean, Miyazaki ended up directing that movie, so, you know, Ghibli got what they wanted. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they got, you know, Miyazaki commits to the movie, and then he gets to, you know, be his own director, which is, like, for the best. Like, I feel like that's where, like, certain movies get into problems nowadays, mm-hmm. where they're like, uh, 
you're not Tarantino, but we want you to make a Tarantino style crime movie. And then they like do this like weird sort of imitation and everyone knows it's mm-hmm. an imitation. And it's like, you know, you're just like, why am I doing this? Um, or like, and why, why do we need this? Like you just, you know, I think everyone has their own like creative voices and it's good to like nurture them rather than be like, no, get into this box. Like there are definitely people who are like in creative fields who are very much like running gun, like, I'll just do what you say, boss. You know, and those people mm-hmm. are needed, like those workmen sort of like, but like, I think someone like in this, uh, like Hosoda, uh, clearly has, you know, higher ambitions. <laughs> mm-hmm, for sure. And, uh, oh, did I just lose my notes? One second. I just lost my notes because I clicked something else. Um, so anyways, what is it? Oh yeah. So he actually has a connection to a show we've also covered before, which is, a uh, uh, Samurai Champloo. He actually, uh, designed the opening, uh, for that show. So, you know, I love all these connections, uh, that we find throughout, throughout yeah. this podcast. I guess you, you realize the, the, uh, the animation industry in Japan, is you know probably a lot more insular than we realize, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, like like even just looking at his uh, uh, at the director's kind of Wikipedia page, you know, he's at Studio Ghibli, then he goes to Madhouse, and now he's at his like this his own animation studio. Like you know, uh, like I feel like it's like like where some a lot of the the manga that like inspires some of the shows that we watch, you know, are all kind of mm-hmm. from the same like three or four publishers even if they're all radically different stories and they're all like from independent creators. For sure. Um, so yeah, he did end up leaving Madhouse to, to form his own studio called Studio Chizu. And they've done four of his films, uh, Wolf Children, The Boy and the Beast, Mirai, and uh, this one, Belle. So yeah, I haven't What's even seen Mirai. Ba- oh, What's yeah, going on in workers. the background, Jack? I got workers. I got workers at my place for the next two months. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, we can just, you know, be quiet. We'll cut around happens. it. We'll cut around it. It's, it's Sasha's job. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Anyways, they're gone now. Um, let's maximize that time. Um, yeah, let's just get into Bell. Um, I don't have a ton of uh, pre-production notes on this film, so I think now's the time to just do it. Um, yeah, like I said before, this is my second viewing of the film. This is my first sober viewing of it. Uh, <laughs> for me, at least, I felt it hit... I was surprised because maybe it was just my own expectations of what this film could be. Because again, like Summer Wars is also a film that that touches on people's relationship with the internet. It features a virtual world. So uh, Hosada has done this quite a few times. This is like his third internet movie, basically. Oh, like about the internet and like, I mean, this was interesting because this like is probably the first big movie in which like touches on like in my opinion like vtubers like there's a yeah, bit of a would, v- which is like a really interesting angle but i think for me what makes it muddled is the fact that this is like clearly inspired by the beauty and the beast uh and like and thus it becomes this like weird like it's straddling this line between like beauty and the beast but also wanting to be like sort of a modern social commentary uh, it's, and it also wants to kind of be a musical, but it's like doesn't commit to being a musical. And that's where I, for me, was just like, kind of pick a lane. <laughs> like that's like I was, you know. You see, I mean, I mean, you know, Beauty and the Beast, it's a fairy tale. So it is open to different interpretations. So, I mean, I was fine with that. I was like, cool. It's like an Internet, you know, VTuber, Metaverse. I mean, Metaverse wasn't even a word used when they were working on this film. But, you know, this kind I mean, of it virtual be a word used now. <laughs> I mean, like the metaverse is not yeah. an answer. Like it's not going to last. Like I think, like anything that's controlled by Mark Zuckerberg is gonna is already uncool. And like that's I'm like not. That's why I'm not interested in the metaverse. Like also the metaverse. Every video I've seen of the metaverse on YouTube and stuff uh, is like feels and it's like uh, the uh, it's like I'm walking into uh like a gary's mod server where you just have like 12 year olds screaming but now they all have avatars and they're all like you know and they're still screaming (laughs) 
So, I mean, I would argue the metaverse already exists, just not Mark Zuckerberg's. But if, you, if you're if you going, again, I was playing a GTA 5 online with a buddy a couple months ago, and my buddy invites me to his apartment, and he's just showing me like it's, I just couldn't stop laughing. I felt bad. I was almost like making fun of my friend. But, you know, he was very invested in showing me his apartment. He was like saying like, bro, you can like chill on your bed and like watch these cartoons. And I'm just like, I was so amused. Like, you know, we weren't, I was like, bro, can't we just kill people and do a mission? He's like, no, man, I got to show you my apartment. I got to show you my hot tub. It's like, yo, we can get champagne here. I mean, that's the fucking metaverse right there, man. I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's been other versions of the metaverse. I just don't like I mean, that. That's being branded been, as the metaverse. <laughs> the, like, I the, let, let me get to the AT&T uh, mobile uh, 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 internet portal instead. <laughs> like, like, um, yeah, I mean, listen, Zuckerberg's metaverse is just a way to sell ads, but that's, and I, I, I listened to an interview with the president of Nintendo and he was talking about how that version will fail, but no, like I, again, it's a stupid buzzword. It means nothing. Cause it's already describing something that it's existed. Like, again, like what's the difference between world of Warcraft and, and, um, GTA online and whatever Zuckerberg's trying to do. I mean, other than the fact that you can't have a headset yet. Like, yeah, I still... mean, there isn't really any difference between. Yeah, the there's three. no They're difference. All online communities You're... in which people are to... like interacting with each other, and like that's where like yeah. I think things like Discord, you know, and uh, you know, ends up you know kind of changing the game that way. I also I think the thing is is people forget head the headsets right now that are being made are kind of sore. Like they you can't hold, wear them forever. Yeah. Like your 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 eyes and your body get tired, so it's like you can't just be cl- like locked in. Like we're not going into yeah. a Wally world yet of just like everyone's just like look you know locked in. Like I think mm-hmm. there's still enough of a connection to the outside world that like I don't want to spend all my time in the metaverse. <laughs> you yeah, know, smoking and, I mean, meat I... and eating sweet baby Ray's barbecue sauce with uh, old Zucky himself. Anyways, I, I don't want this to be just a forty minute conversation about the metaverse. So let's move on. Um... <laughs> well, this is it's important because this movie it's, it's takes important place to the movie. In... In, in in this yeah in this world uh but i guess like we could start off with the fact that like you know we're following uh was it uh suzu um yeah so this like world school is, senior so this movie opens with this kind of narration welcome to the world of you you is a world gov- governed by the five architects although we really only get to know one architect and that's justin <laughs> There yeah, were, the you, five you, architects. I was like, it gave me uh, Ma- the Matrix flashbacks. Remember the, the whole architect oh, yeah. scene in uh, Matrix? Uh, was it two or three? I forget if he was in uh, two. T- I think he's in both, but he's most explicitly in two. Yeah, for me, the only re- like I remember the architect not really from the movie, but because the MTV Movie Awards did a ruthless sketch where. Will Ferrell yeah. played the architect, and it's like still one of my like. I'll go back and watch it every once in a while. Um, uh, but yeah, sorry. When they use that word, I was like, "Oh man, we got to come up with better words for, uh, for, for like people who create digital spaces." Architect. <laughs> I mean, a di- what is a building? It's made by. It's designed by an architect. What is a virtual yeah. space? Do you get get it? Uh, anyways, uh, we, we, avatar- call, we, I get it. It's just we got. I think we can we can we reach further. <laughs> but I, uh, right, let's keep going. Uh, so a U avatar is called an AS, and it's created using biometric data. So th- this concept um, is basically like. So your avatar isn't just something you you know you press a couple buttons and you design explicitly. It's using your biometric data. So if you're if you're a person with a kind soul, you you turn into an incredible person. Uh, as we see with Suzu, um, there's one point in the film. There's like a like a baby man character, and I wish we cut to what their um, real world form was. <laughs> um because i don't know that would have been funny because you know it's the idea that it's you know you can't determine what your avatar is it's whatever your biometric data determines it to be um so anyways we see this girl um she's got pink hair she's covered with roses uh and we get all these comments our kind of greek course throughout the film is like these you know these millions of people commenting on her um and then when we finally cut to suzu who's living this lonely existence uh she reads one comment uh that says who does she think she really is? Which cut to cut to the title, which hey, this is what this film's all about. Who is Suzu? Yeah, who's Suzu? Is she the lo-fi girl? Um, in the when you're, have you ever seen those YouTube videos where it's just like, 
you know, beats to relax study to. Um, I, there was a shot uh, that like looked very familiar. Yeah. Um, um, you, I mean, it's, that's more, it's more of a reference to uh, Sue Ghibli's whisper of the heart, but, uh, but I was, every time now I see an anime, someone wearing headphones, kind of listening to music, like at a desk, kind of drawing, uh, who's like mm-hmm. high school age. I'm always, I, I, for whatever reason, I think of the lo-fi hip hop, like girl. Um, okay. So yeah, Suzu, she has this friend named Ruka who she kind of admires. Uh, Ruka is like playing in a jazz band. And then we see, uh, the one member of the kayak club, uh, Kani-chan. And, uh, I Even fucking he's wearing him. a sign that says canoe. I think that might have been like a translation issue, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. I wasn't sure if that was a translation issue or just like a, a comedy moment because <laughs> I was like, I was like, it works for both. Like it works like, I was yeah. just like, because he's kind of a comedic relief character anyways. Um, I, I love Connie Chan. He's awesome. And I love the fact that he's not just like a one joke character. He does get developed. Same with him and Ruko, which I found adorable. I thought oh, that was an adorable little side plot this film has. Yeah. Um, so this movie, uh, then takes a very dark turn when we get to the flashbacks. Uh, I was not expecting this. Even on, upon rewatch, I totally forgot, like, oh yeah, um, Suzu's backstory is, is not pleasant. Uh, so at first we see these flashbacks to her learning music, um, and she's using iPhone, uh, to learn music, which made me feel old because of course, Suzu, who's, I guess, uh, high school age, so 16, 17, I'm like, oh yeah, she was like, yeah, time is a flat circle, man. <laughs> yeah, so, no. The, the, more, my uh, my sister um, uh, is now just finishing eighth grade, and I'm like, "What the fuck? <laughs> like, how the hell? Yeah. How, did, how did she finish eighth grade? How? Like, I'm like, you know, the, I, I'm staring. I'm going. I'm staring towards thirty, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> how, did, yeah. how did this happen? <laughs> the Mitchells uh, versus the Machines also had flashbacks to like you know, a character in her childhood watching YouTube. I'm like, oh, no, oh, YouTube I mean, didn't exist when, when children existed. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, we like, for me, I feel like I was, yeah, like what? Like, yeah, early. Yeah, like I was, I was probably around like, yeah, that like seventh grade, eighth grade when like, I remember like yeah. finding out about Smosh and like Ray William Johnson. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was um, Smosh, Nine Gag, uh, some fuck. I just forgot the name of it. Um, YTMND or something like that. I think I'm getting the. Yeah, the there letters. was a few um, where they started showing up, and then you're like, oh. And now it like you know they say like you know being a YouTuber or you know streamer and stuff. That's like one of the most desired jobs for young people. Like they're, they're like, I want to do that. There was, yep. um, I, I, I take a walk in the morning all the time and I see these kids and they, they're kind of on my same route and, um, they're super into Fortnite and they're just like, um, you know, you need to be famous by like going on YouTube so that you can become a Fortnite skin. I'm like, oh yeah. Kids there, yeah, you know, there's less the of pinnacle, <laughs> not, not like what I've been trying to do, which is trying to get, get into the, the funny voices or the TV rules. No, just, just, you know. I mean, back in back in 2006, if I was doing YouTube, I would have definitely had to say the N word for laughs. Ironically, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's all it's all irony. Yeah, I mean, let's be it's real. All, uh, the inter- internet before like 2014 is was vile. Like, uh, is a, was vile. Is a is a wild. Uh, anything goes. Kind of um, Mad Max There's... like wasteland. <laughs> It was it was a terrible space, and I'm so glad I never made any content that went on there. I'm like, no, I did not have the the talent or smarts where I definitely would have no. had some very very bad things go on there. No, uh, the only the only thing that I remember I did like for uh, for YouTube ones is there was a brief period when I was in like maybe the eighth grade where I made like compilation videos that were okay. like. And but one in particular was I had been playing lacrosse, so I had like I found like all these like like I basically made like a a lacrosse compilation video that I remember getting like decent views at the time. Uh, and then someone asked like they're like my cousin's in one of the videos, can you send me the full clip? And then I didn't know how to do it, and then uh, I quickly kind of moved on. <laughs> I was like, yeah. ah, I don't know, I'm not gonna keep making compilation videos. I'm sure, and they're like you know 
copyrighted music and like it's one of those things with like you know there's like like that cheesy like blue screen like microsoft movie maker thing to start mm-hmm. off like that's what it was it was like started off with like you know the you know biggest hits in like nll like you know whatever year it was um and yeah then it was just like oh the, the internet's evolved so much now people would would have the thing was is now if i had made that video i could have gotten a reaction channel to what react to it in which they just sit there watch and go <laughs> whoa uh, okay not- like that's what that's what that's what reaction channels are. anyways we're we're reacting we're, to uh bell <laughs> anyways uh yeah we're reacting to bell and now we're at the point uh where a very traumatic event is depicted i was again like like i said before i was not ready for how how traumatic this is portrayed. And I mean, yeah, my, I mean, let's get into it. So Suzu, I'm gonna be honest, her... I, okay. Yeah. You Dude, go, you say like, it shit. and I'm going to, I'm going to say, say it I... and you say reaction. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Suzu, uh, her, uh, her mother sees like a young girl. This young girl is like, kind of just like on like a small, um, patch in the middle of like, what is it? Like, um, it's not like a fucking rat. I guess it's like in the middle of a rapids, right? That's how you describe it. It's not like a uh, lake or something. It, they're on a river. Yeah, it's like a river. river. That's the word. Um, yeah, so this young girl, she's on the verge of drowning. And uh, Suzu's mother, she's she puts a life jacket on and she saves this young girl, but at the expense of her own life. Yeah, here's the thing. that She didn't have to do that. She didn't have to do any of it. The girl in the shots, all right, we see she's on like a little like piece of land or like there's like rocks that are there. The water's going around the rocks. It's a river. It's not going to get much faster than what's going on. There's not a storm. There isn't any impending thing. Like a lot of people are like, "Oh my god, this kid!" First of all, how the fuck did the kid get there? Uh, you True. know, like they, they don't even show that. And then also, uh, I'm you know I'm watching it. I'm like, if the kid just stands there, like you can wait for rescue. Like it's not like the kid's like. There's not like a shot of the kid being like flailing in the water and she's being dragged downstream. And then all of a sudden we cut to and like, oh, maybe there's like some really intense rapids that would clearly drown her. Or maybe there's like, you know, a bit of a fall, like a little bit of a waterfall. Uh, instead, it's like she's just standing there. And then the mom's like, I have to go in, abandons her daughter. All right. She just <laughs> abandons the daughter. It's not like dad was around. It's not like, hey, like, I, you know, there's also no backstory in terms of like, Oh, she was like a former rescuer or something of like, you know, the mom's like has the training to do it. So that's why she's doing it. She just like grabs a life jacket and goes in. Um, And I was just like, it feels for me, I was like, I get why emotionally they needed and wanted this scene. I just felt like they could have done it way better. Like, I just kind of felt like this was very tame. And like, it's one of those deaths where like it happens. I'm like, yeah, the I don't even understand how the mom died. <laughs> like the water looked like it was like, like barely waist high, <laughs> you know? So I, but I get it. Rivers can be a little more deceptively deep, but still it was just one of those things where I'm like, there was also so many people around. <laughs> like if they had just done like a ladder, like a rope thing, like to tie everyone up and like, you know, get them out. Like what there was, it's, it's an unnecessary death. Like it's not, uh, uh, necessary. That's how I felt. I was just like, I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> and I get it. Like, I, why, you know, Susie was upset because I'm like, yeah, because your the mom died needlessly. <laughs> and the kid, because the kid would have been fine. The kid was on land. <laughs> it was just crying. Uh, so, uh, fair, fair, fair enough. R slash, no, R slash rant. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyways, we then, you know, cut cut to Suzu being sad throughout throughout her years. Uh, there's one point, um, this is kind of like the, the climactic point of this kind of extended flashback we've had, where she's trying to sing during a blizzard and then start vomiting. Um, and then caked in vomit, she gets an invitation to you. And, you know, she, she, uh, she names herself Belle because Suzu means Belle. So that's the whole little explanation for that. Um, so she just starts singing because, again, in this world, she can actually sing as opposed to, to in the real world where she's just, you know, so traumatized and can't even bear to do it. So that's the whole kind of metaphor, um, which, again, you know, I enjoyed that. Um, I like the ghost bat that appears. I think it's also described as an angel, but it has like a crown. 
No. Oh no, yeah. No love, no. No, no love for the ghost bat. Um. So this like. I don't, I, well, I don't ghost. remember the ghost bat. I'm like, I gotta look. Ghost up bat. The, ap- the ghost bat appears throughout. Um. But and this. Uh. So it tells oh, her. Oh, I see it. I'm like, look. Yeah. I'm also skimming through the movie as like we're we're talking just to like if these visuals come up. It's got a crown on it. That's how you can identify it. It's like. Oh okay. Kind of, oh, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I dig the ghost bat. Um, <laughs> hey, that's good. Have you noticed that I didn't? That's that's on me. That's not you. There's a lot. There's a lot of characters. To be, there's a lot of just like random uh, background characters in this movie because it certainly has uh, no lack of scale when it comes to that. Because of course, if you're setting a movie inside this kind of metaverse where anyone can be anyone, like Ready Player One or some shit, you know, you want to just have like a lot of you know. Uh, it, it gives the animators free reign to just design whatever they want in the background. Yeah, and I gotta give this movie credit for the fact that they like were pretty imaginative about like their version of the metaverse. Like you, um, I think they like did a great job of designing it and making it like really interesting and like unlike other metaverses that are depicted in like film and TV, like a like a Ready Player One, where Ready Player One really like kind of leaned into like nostalgia which is like mm-hmm. weird for that movie because that movie said in the future and they're like talking about things that like came out in the eighties. But, um, but yeah, the, but I mean, there are certain pop culture things from the eighties that'll probably persist for a lot longer. Um, Cause the eighties can never die. Um, <laughs> well, now it's the nineties. Now it's, now it's the nineties turn to never die. We've seen a lot of nineties nostalgia, of course. Yeah. We're starting uh, to see like people are like, Kurt, we miss you, Kurt Cobain. And it's like, we do, but yeah. Um, so, so anyway, Suzu, she thinks her singing is just no big deal, but uh, it turns out she's getting like millions of uh, followers overnight, basically. And she does not handle it well. Um, I love her best friend, uh, Hiroka, because uh, Hiroka, when we, when uh, Suzu's explaining her situation to Hiroka, um, uh, Hiroka's in this like fortress of books and computers which i just found to be a lovely visual yeah that was kind of a cool i mean i gotta say a lot of the backgrounds in the movie are very visually like appealing yeah there's just a lot of originality to it and again there's a lot of character i think that's that's what really makes this movie work every everything has character to it oh absolutely Uh, she she also uh says i'll i'll just auto send your profits to charity so suzu doesn't feel bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah although like she probably yeah was could have been making millions (laughs) advice on how popular she got so quickly yeah so i mean let's talk about the whole vtuber thing because it's me as as a a 31 year old man of course my my whole thing is like oh this is weird and silly i don't like it but then i did actually read an article like maybe six months ago about like a VTuber whose whose situation kind of reminded me about the characters in this movie. Uh, I forget their name, but like, you know, they portray themselves as, you know, some hot anime lady or something. But in like their real life, they suffer from this like terrible fatigue syndrome and basically can't leave their house. So I'm just like, oh shit. Well, now I can kind of see how this could be like, you know, something really positive for them personally, where, you know, they they don't have a lot of interactions outside their home, but they can kind of, you know, create this persona where, you know, they, they have a lot more than, you know, what they do in real life. Yeah, no, I mean, that's part of it, right? Like I've noticed there's like a phenomenon with YouTubers nowadays where there are a lot of who are like, who will be on camera, but they like actively cover their face and they wear, I, you know, sunglasses or you've got like, I think corpse husband's pretty like famous for the fact that like, he has this like very very deep voice um but yeah he's never been on camera uh dream is the other one who's like apparently just like this giant like minecraft player like one of the biggest ones in the world no one's ever seen his face um so they say but um but yeah it's i think the vtubers in particular because there's like that animated quality to them and you kind of go like yeah what kind of you know what kind of person are they like you know are they they, is it a character like is this like kind of an actress playing a character is this like you know again high more layers because now like with more public facing people there's been such added scrutiny especially on like twitter and everything else even though like cult cancel culture 
Uh, you know what? Let's not even. <laughs> I'm not even gonna get into no, that. Let's, uh, let's not. Cancel. Let's not. Can't, let, can't, uh, cut. 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 Um, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm just. I'm just uh, joking. Um, I'm not gonna be one of those guys who's like, uh, cancel. Let's not. <laughs> no. I'm let's not. Uh, we're cutting it anyways. Um, I'm trying to get back to my uh, point, so we have a, a nice cut <laughs> to what I was saying. Uh, but yeah, I think now, like, there's you know, I think there. There's this element of, yeah, I feel like it's more intrusive. Like the parasocial relationships are, you know, getting more and more skewed because of the internet, because of like, you know, now you can like, before with like celebrities, right? It was like, you saw them in the movies and then maybe you saw them on like Entertainment Tonight. You saw them on like magazine covers and that was it. And now it's like, People have podcasts, people are on Instagram and TikTok and they're reading and responding to comments. And like, you know, people can like take a photo on their phone and be like, oh, they're at, dining at this restaurant right now. And people can like swarm uh, if they're in the right area. And so, yeah, I can see how that's kind of terrifying too, especially if you're an overnight success. Like, you know, they're, you know, you have the, like the 12 years to an overnight success type people. And there's actual people who just like, you know, within a couple of months are like, Oh, it's all different. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I hope uh, that makes sense. Uh, if you have anything to add to it, please do. Uh, I'm going to move on to talk about Peggy Sue. Peggy Sue is like this kind of like, uh, you know, let's just call them VTubers. Fuck it. They're all VTubers. And that just makes it easier for this conversation. Uh, she She's another tuber. Um, she's commenting on the Bell Phenomenon. And then I love how, you know, as she's like bitching about her, she starts to lose followers and gets like overwhelmed by the comments, like within like the visual. Uh, I thought that was a great little element. And then finally, uh, we get this, uh, we get the reveal of the beast, because like we said, this is a take on Beauty and the Beast. Um, and he, he messes up a, what I'm going to refer to as admins. I think all these like uh, guards... In in my mind, they're like the digital admins of this world. Yeah, they're like admins, or they're kind of they're either, they're sort of like admins slash uh, like moderators, like mods. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that's yeah. I thought the action in this film, of course, of course, for one, I, it goes without saying. A lot of these movies uh, we cover, especially the more modern ones, are very gorgeous. I'm not even sure if that's a unique comment to say on this podcast at this point, but this movie. This movie uh, definitely excels in visual quality, and then yeah, it gets it gets its moment to kind of be an action film where we have the beast appear and to kind of mess up these dudes. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's a good way of kind of putting it. Yeah, like yeah. that's what that's what they're doing. It's like for what you know, there there's a bit of like a hacker to them. Like they're like clearly hmm. like you know they're you know they, there's like references to like you know corrupting data, and they're like oh they're like yeah. you know they're and all that. Uh, although it's like done visually as like an attack, like it's like a war and like people are like, you know, going all out and there's sword fights and the, dra you know, the dragons ripping people apart. And Yeah, um, I thought that was neat. Uh, we also get another really fun uh, Hiroka moment uh, where she's doing equations while having a conversation. She's got like this big blackboard. She's just doing equations while speaking to Suzu, which again, I thought that was a really fun visual. Uh, Her Hiroka, that, the animators just do a lot of great work with her because she is such an expressive character. Yeah. Like she was definitely, I mean her like AI, it's like a very funny uh, like character. Like it's just, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't even know how to really describe. Was it, was, looks... it her, was her AI like the tiny kind of blue? Yeah. Pinkish? Okay. That yeah, was her. It's got God. like the big kind of pink hat and it's like sort of that turquoise and white. Like I almost call it like, there's like, it seems kind of inspired by Sonic a bit. Like it's kind of has like a Sonic quality, <laughs> uh, but not really. Like it's, I mm -hmm. like, I'm looking at a photo of uh, Heroes, uh, you character now, and I'm like, it's so hard to describe. <laughs> like I can't, I like try to, like trying to describe it. Um, but it works. Like visually, it look, it it's good. Yeah. Um, so uh, what what Suzu and Hiroka notice is that the Beast has tattoos similar to a famous tattoo artist. There's also uh, a baseball player who they're suspicious of that might be the Beast. I mean, that's all. That's always a fun moment in these uh, movies or shows where they're trying to find out the identity of this like masked character. Um, so yeah, I, thought that I like was that fun. trope. I will say it's a trope that I'm like it's it's interesting. It's a different way of doing the. Um... 
it's it's a fun thing because it lets you introduce like a bunch of random extras that are just kind of fun little characters, you know. Yeah, I think you can explore the culture more. Hmm. Um. So when Bell go Bell, uh, there's another great visual where Bell has to like go through this oil painting landscape to reach the Beast's castle. Yeah. Again, yeah. I, I love I love the different. The castle's really in interesting. I gotta say, the yeah. castle was visually very interesting. Kind of almost on top of like. It's like kind of in like kind of a space and it's like on top of um, almost like a tackle. I felt like it was like kind of like this like long narrow and then it's on top. If that makes sense, I feel like unless I'm thinking of a different. Well, I mean, I mean, let's let's be real. The castle is going for for the obvious vibes. This is about Beauty and the Beast. Um, and let's just get into yeah. that. I mean, I, I, you know, it's called Bell. Everyone knows uh, everyone at this Although point she- knows. I don't know if this is a translation thing, but when they when she oh. puts in Belle at the very beginning, like for like when she signs up for you, um, mm-hmm. she puts spells it B E L L, and I was just like, just add the E. <laughs> I was like, just add the E, please. That that uh, might have been a translation thing. I didn't pick that up. Felt on like that, a tr- yeah, that felt like a translation thing, or like it was just like cut like maybe too soon. But I just remember I was just like. Oh, what? Like, what a weird, like, what a weird kind of just miscue of just like, oh, you just need one more. Because, well, what makes it weird is that, like, at least in the version I watched, which was a dub, all the, like, kind yeah, of Greek course um, is all, you know, they're, it's all in, like, Japanese lettering. But then, like, Bell is uh, kind of spelt, like, kind of uh, in, like, Anglo, uh, like, English text. Um, I forget what our our alphabet's called. Um, I mean, it's it's. I mean, the film as it stands is spelled B L L E regularly, so that's what I'm going with. Um, yeah, but but yeah, and, but it, it's just one of those things where it's supposed to be Bell, like in like Beauty and the Beast, because it's her, you know, Bell, and then that's the Beast. Uh, so it's like I'm not I'm not too I, hung I want, up on that. I'm very, <laughs> but uh, but you know me, I get like hung up on. Some details all the time on this podcast that's how i create uh, content <laughs> but anyway I, let's let's just jump full in because when when the when bell finally meets the beast we get what we're kind of looking for which is this kind of beating the beast moment and like i'm i was all in like i knew you know this it's called bell you know it's gonna touch on the beauty and the beast angle um i also um love there there's a one point where like our greek chorus um is just it's animated like it's Catan or like the game Civilization, and they're like having these like war battles breaking out. Yeah, I, yeah, I, thought, I wasn't uh, sure how to descri- describe those. Yeah, so you, don't, you, don't, yeah. you don't play enough games, but it looked kind of like Catan or Civilization. It's kind of like hexagonal grid, and it's like zooming into like deep battles. Uh, you know, they kind of have like a world map, and they zoom in further where you can see people just fighting because that's. That's what these internet arguments have become. People just fighting over Bell and the Beast. Yeah, I guess that's a lot. It's yeah, there's ship culture in this uh in this world. And yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, I guess you're right. Catan or yeah, Civ is a good comparison. Um I didn't like I guess I immediately picked up on that. But now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, makes sense. Um also let's talk Shinobu, who they totally play up as the beast. You're just like, you're going into this, you're like, oh yeah, Shinobu has to be the beast. And uh, I, I, you know, I love how the the movie definitely swerves from that. It plays it so hard that you know, upon yeah, it second plays, yeah, it plays it a little too hard. Where you're like, oh, they're gonna like do the twist that like this is you know, yeah, Belle, or like because obviously she has you know uh, the crush on you know on Shinobu, Shinobu. and then voiced, um, voiced by the good places Manny Jacinto in the dub, yeah, from Vancouver. Oh yeah, he is oh, from Vancouver. I don't. Again, right. I have not seen Manny Jacinto in something that isn't um, the Good Place. So to hear his regular voice, I was like, "Oh shit, that's him." Yeah, he's also in, well. He's in the new Top Gun movie, and then he's all brand new Cherry Flavor, which is a uh, horror show that I watched on Netflix. Okay, uh, he's moving up, moving up. He's yeah. He ever since the Good Place, he like there and he's been getting more and more work so give him more work i say but um yeah he gets to be kind of like the the token uh romantic lead the kind of uh leading man handsome dude which is nice yeah well every time you see a description of uh 
who is it? Yeah, of Shinobu. Uh, they're always like, yeah, uh, he's uh, Suzu's protector and childhood mm -hmm. friend. <laughs> I was like, all yeah. right. <laughs> They're playing it very hard. We also uh, we also get a moment um, where where uh, Suzu's talking to Shinobu, and then our kayaking man uh, Ka uh, Kanishan appears, and uh, you know Suzu wishes them well, and he's like, "Oh, oh, is this a declaration of love?" And there's just complete silence, and you know <laughs> Kanishan just like backs off. Um, there's a there's another Kanishan bit later on uh, that also utilizes silence really well. Um, I thought that was like delightful. It's just like those these awkward pauses where they're really just willing to let them sit even longer than like any any other media I've seen is willing to let them sit. Yeah, I I I like that. I think sometimes like silence silences can have a lot of like real strong effects in storytelling. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I I noticed that um, watching like the the newest season of Barry where there was a couple, a couple of mm -hmm. shots that like lingered. And you saw like a lot of silence yeah. and it was like, oh yeah. Like when it's done right, it works. Here, I think there's a couple of times where you're like, all right, you caught a little too soon. And there's other times where you're like, yeah, it kind of dragged out that moment. <laughs> so it's I, a real balance. The first, the first time it dragged, I didn't get it. The second time it dragged, I was like, this is fucking hilarious. That's how I felt at least. Uh, moving on the plot, uh, Belle, she gets confronted by the justices yet again. But the beast saves her, and uh, it's here we finally get the Beauty and the Beast song that we've been waiting for. So, what do you think of that? The the whole movie is building up to it. They're giving you what you want. I thought it landed pretty hard, especially on my second viewing. I don't know about it's you. It's good. Yeah, I mean the songs are good. The singer who's singing the songs on the dub is excellent. Uh, I think for me, the whole problem with it is that I feel like they should have leaned into the musical aspect for this movie more, and like mm -hmm. the songs work. But I was like. There's so much time in between the songs that I'm like, it could have filled in a little more time with the songs. Like, cause it's like clear that like, but I guess like you don't want to like, just be like a remake of Beauty and the Beast fully that way, you know, cause it's yeah. a modern sort of take on the story. <laughs> so it's, yeah, and the, it's, it's the kind of thing. I mean, <laughs> in this, I guess I kind of agree with you. I could see, but uh, it's a balancing act for sure, because I think they're the, again, the music we see in this film is like always done by bell. So that's, that's the one big thing. So they clearly did not want to give songs to other characters. Um, that just wasn't the type of story they were telling. So, yeah, but I was, I don't for know. me, I was be curious if they had just, um, gone full it. out. <laughs> yeah. I kind of hear like, you. That, I think that's like what, you know, cause I feel like they had, really good there was like a really strong music in this mm -hmm. and so there's part of me that wanted almost more and like to do more you commit to being a music for sure i mean i'm again i'm not quite sure if it would have worked for this version of the beast is my question I, yeah i think it would have been a different movie so like i have to put keep that in mind um and like this isn't a bad movie and the choice isn't bad i'm just thinking like there was an opportunity what and and they it, it yeah it creates a big what if for sure, I hear you. Uh, there's a fun moment where the baseball player uh, pops his top off, and you know he's like, "Listen, uh, these these are how my scars uh, were caused. It was caused more from a, a surgery I had as a young man." And then uh, after doing that, he tells the people not to give up. So good for him. Yeah, uh, base, baseball player popping his top off, telling people to never give up. I love that shit. That's yeah. Uh, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they, and they put um, shit on everything. Um, no, it's. No, it's a great. I like that, like you know, they tied into like the baseball culture uh, in Japan because obviously that's you know the biggest mm. sport in Japan. Um, also, Justin the Justice interrogates uh, Bell while wearing a suit at one point, which you know, I was just like, okay, he's doing that, but you know, nice suit. Um, when when I had watched this movie on, under the influence of alcohol. My my mind made Justin a much bigger character. Upon second viewing, he's actually not in the movie that much. But during the showing, I, the screen I was at, I got excited every time his name popped up as Justin. Oh yeah, no. I just thought Justin was like a ridiculously like normal person name for for a character like that. But yeah, that was my no. Take. It's it's definitely true. Like it's definitely like it's the one like like outside of Peggy Sue, <laughs> like. It's like the one name that's not like traditionally Japanese that just kind of shows yeah. up. 
Um, um, and then also we have this moment uh, with Kami-chan uh, and his uh, romance with Ruka because uh, Kami-chan and Ruka have basically been messaging each other and they didn't know they were actually messaging each other because it was done through the, the whole world of you. And so when they finally <laughs> bump into each other, uh, Kami-chan, who has such poor self-esteem, uh, starts to derail his own, you know, I mean, again, Ruka's like, you know what? You know, I'm I'm into you. You know, I don't mind that it's you. And Kami-chan just gets so self-deprecating and it just gets so cringy where it's like, no, buddy, just shut up. Just shut up. You're winning. You're winning. Yeah, it's that, it's, it's that classic, like, again, high school thing of like, what? Oh, oh my God. No, I'm so embarrassed. And also like, you know, I'm like gl- that immature I'm- thing of like, because it's true. Like there, I think like, there's definitely a thing with online dating at least yeah. in the past for me where I've like been, you know, you talk to someone and then, you know, you meet them up and, you know, sometimes, you know, they're like clearly not who you, they, you thought they were in like a bad way. And then other times you're like, Oh my God, like <laughs> you feel like you're so out of my league. Like how did this happen? How do we, how do we pair up? Um, the, the only answer is you just have to lean into it. You're like, yep, we're doing it. Um, commit. So you gotta commit. commit. Commit and thankfully, thankfully, I'm glad this this movie didn't just you know make Kami Sean a, a cruel joke because you know the characters are basically like bro, just settle down, and he does, and uh, he gets to have his win. Um, and that's also a moment where, like I said, they play up the long silences, which it's especially in this scene, I found it to be hilarious. Yeah, no, they, it was good. I felt like the voice acting scene works really well, and yeah, it was um, it's a great moment. So. So the admins, uh, they attack the beast castle, and uh, this is what I was talking about. I was, I was, I didn't want to get into it right away, but when we're talking about Mark Zuckerberg's version of the metaverse being inundated with ads, behind Justin's back is like millions of ads. Oh yeah, yeah, I noticed yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, I thought that was a fun visual. Uh, because, yeah, the ads man, are creeping the- in, and even in you. Like the ads are creeping in. You can never well, escape the ads. The ads will sell you things well, you don't want. He's got the backing of the ads. That's what makes him strong. He's got the power of the ads. Uh, there's also like a random line I transcribed uh, where someone speculates that the beast is a crooked businessman who evaded taxes. Um, and then we get the moment where Suzu and the rest of the cast tries to really figure out who the beast is. And at first they think it's this like small child. Um, so they find this like one YouTube video with like one viewer where this kid is like saying Suzu singing Bell's song. And then, um, Hinoka, she zooms in on the kid's eye to see like, you know, what would have been like the, the frontal view of, uh, Bell. Um, but then, but then, um, the, the kid's father, who's an abusive asshole, he busts in and um to def- and then the kid's brother k is the one to save uh his younger brother and then that's where um suzu picks up on the fact that you know the beast who's had these scars and has these like throbbing this throbbing pain on his back that's the reflection of that um so yeah, yeah it was not I lo- uh, yeah that reveal was like the game changer of like watching that stream and then you're like seeing the abuse mm. happen and you're like, Oh my God. Like that's like, yeah, like that was like heart wrenching and like, like that's where I was like, if they had just done something similar, but with the death of Suzu's mother at the beginning of the mm. movie, like I would, I felt like it would have impacted more because they clearly, clearly got like hit that the mark for like the reveal of like what's going on with the dragon. Uh, mm-hmm. and, like in his real life. Yeah, and and even then, I like the fact that when Suzu offers her help to him, he rejects it too because he's just like, no, nobody cares about me, and you know, it's not just like an instant happy ending. There's still another like thirty minutes of the movie left. In fact, yeah, no, I mean, she's she's doing what she can to help, but like, you know, it's that yeah, thing of some, like, you know, the people, you know, cycle of a cycle of abuse can be very hard to get out of and like be pulled out of, and asking yeah, for help like- is very hard. Yeah, I like that. It was played realistically. And then um, Suzu, when she when she goes into the world as Belle, she actually uses Justin's own gun because Justin's basically been threatening to expose her. And of course, she is like, nope, I'm going to be my true self. And then as Suzu, um, she starts to sing. Uh, and then it, you know, it 
it uh, motivates the crowd to sing with her. They all join her side. Uh, even Peggy Sue uh, starts to motivate Suzu, which again, Peggy Sue, very minor character, but I like that they give this minor character a little bit of development. So it, in a, this is a very anime scene where the crowd powers are up enough to regain her powers. But, you know, wh- when shit like that hits, it hits. It does. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, and you know she she's she she's as Bell. She's riding a you know an internet space whale, uh, who is like guiding her. Uh, that visual is great as well. I just I will. The say space I whales are dope. Was sick. Uh, um, but here's the thing: the the movie's not over. Even even her like you know using her her Bell internet powers that doesn't end the movie. She still has to like actually confront the abusive father as Suzu. And, you know, she gets fucking hit, man. Like, you know, this film is not afraid to, to like, show the reality. And I think it's almost, I guess it's intentional <laughs> that the real-life violence is so jarring. Yeah. But, yeah. Her- it does, like, yeah, because it's, like, the movie's pretty tame otherwise. Obviously, in the real life, outside of, like, the, obviously the abuse that we see, you know, the violence mm-hmm. is pretty contained. Even, like, you know, Susie's mother's death isn't graphically shown. Like, it's really, like, mm-hmm. them getting beat up by their dad is like does that make sense i feel like i'm jo- i feel like i missed your point a bit no i mean my point is like the violence is like super harsh and you know the fact that like suzu has to make like a real world choice to like solve this it can't just be her internet persona um to save the day because again you know some people don't have the internet or or aren't super online like um Kay's father yeah yeah no that makes sense yeah yeah, again, I love the fact that she had to make a real-world choice and not just a, a virtual-world choice to actually kind of, you know, to get where she needs to go. Yeah, to intervene. And, that she, like, pulled herself away from you because it's, you know, the real life or real world is more important. hmm Which we need to see more of. Like, I think that's, I think that's like, the good... Vers- you know, I think sometimes people go, like, are internet friends real friends? And, like, you know, the answer is yes. <laughs> they are real friends. Like, this is, what, this is what the modern world is all about. Yeah, and um, you know, Suzu, she finally gets to have her reunion uh with her father after at the end of this. Also, yeah, she doesn't like have like a romance with Kay. It's not like they're like getting together. It's like, no, Kay is like this very traumatized boy, probably a bit younger than you. Um, this isn't like a traditional, you know, she she marries the beast thing. No, I mean this whole the the point of this whole thing is that she gained the courage to, you know, be her true self in the real world. Yeah, no, she, it's exactly that. Like, it's her, it's, yeah, it's a story about her, yeah, learning to, like, overcome the grief and be herself. <laughs> and, and, and the film uh, does end with her being finally uh, ready to be able to sing with her friends. I think, I think that's kind of it, though. I mean, yeah, this, this is what this film was about, even though it's called Belle and it's evoking Beauty and the Beast. It's not this traditional romance where she finds her beast in the end it's like no she she gained something uh more important which is her courage and her you know her sense of self and she can finally move on and you know be a functional human being again man i think even just talking about this movie i gained new appreciation for it um again it helped that i watched this movie a second time sober i think i think yeah, i greatly under- <laughs> i think i greatly understand the themes better especially when i wasn't blacking out during the third act <laughs> Uh, where, um, but no, yeah, in fact, uh, everything comes together. So if you're starting to black out, uh-oh. yeah, <laughs> uh, are we ready to get into speed wagons? I already got my speed wagon, so I yeah, go. I got my speed wagon. Speed wagon, 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 allow me to elucidate you. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Um, I gotta go with Kami-chan. I think uh, his uh, Hiroka is also like they're kind of Kami-chan and Hiroka kind of tied. I think um, Hiroka for her as an animated character, Hiroka's animations are fantastic. I just you know think the animators had a really fun time uh, with this kind of intelligent girl character who uh, not just intelligent girl, just intelligence. <laughs> doesn't have to just be a girl uh but this you know feisty character um her movements are just you know fantastic and they they have a lot of uh you know fun with the visuals for her 
And then, yeah, like Connie Chan's also fantastic. He's a fun side character. And, and, you know, they do play him as a joke, but they also have enough sympathy to, you know, let him have a victory. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think he was definitely on my list. I think I'm going with your, like, the uh, person who tied, which was uh, Hiroka Hirochan. I felt like, yeah, she was just, she was a standout, like, for the, like, I just loved her, like, avatar and you and, like, just being, like, a supportive friend. And I felt like, yeah, yeah, like you said, like, just expressive. And it was just, I liked her. Like, she was just, like, a really likable character. Mm -hmm. There was no real, like, thing where I was just, like, ah, like, I was always, like, oh, yeah, I'm glad she's on screen right now. Great. Uh, final thoughts on this one. Final thoughts. Are you ready or I'll go? Yeah, no, I mean, if you got final thoughts, uh, I'll let you. I got final go thoughts. Um, my final thoughts is, yeah, I think this movie, I'm kind of torn. I think, Malcolm, you raised some good points. But right before I started this podcast, I was ready to give it an A-. minus. I think now it's, now it's down to a B+. Plus. Uh, but I, I did appreciate this movie more in a second viewing. I think the highs are really high. I think, you know, like you've pointed out, there are things that maybe could have been done, but but I still maintain, I think this film is like, you know, a really unique mesh of uh, the fairy tale beauty and the beast in this. And, you know, it's obviously invoking certain visuals and it does give you them, especially with, you know, the, the big song, which is of course very similar specifically to, to the, you know, 1990 movie. Um, but yeah, I think it does so on its own terms. And, you know, it also kind of, it it knows you know the story, and so it's willing to take swerves. I mean, you know, I th- I think it that's a good form of an adaptation. Yeah, like this isn't like yeah, a faithful uh, recreation of you know Beauty and the Beast. You know, like even going dating back to the like you know the fairy tale in which that story comes from. Um, but. You know, I think for a modern interpretation of it, like it works pretty well. Um, yeah, like I like you kind of were pointing out. I yeah, I would also probably give it a B, B plus. Like I don't really understand how. Like I was looking it up, how it got a fourteen minute long standing ovation at Cannes. But I also they've they've given out standing ovations like long ass standing ovations for like pretty like mediocre movies. Like I was reading like the beaver that like uh mel gibson movie oh. uh, like got like a 10 minute standing ovation and then there's like this really bad nicole kidman movie called the paper boy that got like a 15 minute standing ovation so you know i'm sure if the tourist the um the johnny that shitty angelina jolie johnny Depp movie that, had, that cost- uh, uh was at cons i bet you it would have gotten a standing ovation too because like Parasite only got an eight minute standing ovation, which is such such BS when you realize that this movie, you know, I think I maybe if I saw this in theaters, I'd be like, holy shit! Like visually, I'd been like, wow. Um, but yeah, I think from a story perspective, it just like lacks in certain elements, like the you know, I think the way Suzu uh, Suzu's mother's you know passes away is depicted weirdly. I think like the relationship between Suzu's dad and you know and her is also kind of this weird like i don't understand why it's like a jilted relationship just because like the dad didn't do anything like the dad was the dad was even at the beach the day like you know like he yeah. didn't the dad yeah the dad's not very present i guess yeah the, the dad's a non-character it's the dad's a non-character but like i know that you kind of make a you know, her reuniting with the dad. And I was like, why? Mm. <laughs> like, this was such a doctor. And maybe it was something that got cut. Like, maybe they cut it for, like, you know, mm-hmm. time reasons. And, like, it just, like, you know, it just, it's, like, those small things that, like, you know, I think are the difference between, like, an A and a B in, like, in cinema. Um, and so, you know, I, it's very nitpicky. But, like, from the music, like, the music is very good. I think it's a really interesting interpretation of like VTubers and um, or the culture around like the metaverse. Uh, and like, since it's like one of the first ones to do it, like, I think it set a, you know, a really good bar for people to like have to like climb over and to explore this kind of world. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't say this is like my favorite movie. And I got to be honest, like looking at Hasada's other credits, I'm would be pretty, I want to see some of his other works. Like where I, we're definitely going to do um, Summer Wars. Summer Wars Summer is definitely... 
I think we might even do a double feature for that Digimon movie he did with Summer Wars because it is an interesting example of a dude just straight up remaking his own movie. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, but, yeah. Uh... He, but that's for another day. Um, yeah. Any any more thoughts, Malcolm? Ah, I think that's about it. Like, I think I feel like I've said everything I need to say about Bell um, the movie. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good little movie. It's got fantastic music, fantastic visuals. Um, there, there are worse ways to spend your time for sure. Um, so you can find me at uh, Jack as Jack on Instagram, only real Jack M on Twitter. What about you, Malcolm? Uh, you can find me at Malcolm RJ McLeod on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, if you enjoyed this, uh, yeah, follow the podcast at is this anime pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we're more active on Instagram than we are on Twitter. Uh, if you enjoyed this and you listen on a podcast platform like Spotify or Apple Podcasts in which you can rate and leave reviews, please do. It really helps a podcast like us out. You know, uh, episodes have, you know, where people have responded or given us suggestions. We've actually listened to it and used it to like feed for what we're going to cover. So uh, the more, you know, more interaction we get, the better. Uh, that's what I always say. Uh, so yeah, yeah, leave us uh, a little review if you can. It really does help, you know, podcasts like us out a lot. Uh, anyways, I think that about does it. Uh, I think that wraps up this week's episode of Is This Anime? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I think. Uh, and remember, uh, Suzu eats Yuzu in the metaverse. Goodbye. <laughs>